I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From the home of time. It is now quite a day for local sport from your local team. This is Charlton Live. Good day, everybody, and welcome to Channel Live <laughs> on uh, Maritime Radio. <laughs> My name is Louis Mendez, and joining me in the studio here at the Valley for the Charlton Live, a big match preview, is Mr. Tom Wallin. How are you doing, Tom? Good, thank you. Yeah, the, yeah good. Good week. Yeah, it's been alright. Nice to be back on the other side of the desk again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I enjoyed it. To the dark side. Easier this side, isn't it? So. <laughs> and uh, joining the pair of us is uh, Nathan. What are you doing, Nathan? Living a dream, mate. Doing Sheila. Yeah, <laughs> living the dream, mate. Excellent stuff on tonight's show. <laughs> even I don't know. Yeah. Sounds Croatian. <laughs> well, we're all getting kicked out as the takeover goes through, aren't we? For racism. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, uh, <laughs> could he, so on tonight's show, we are going to discuss the breaking news this afternoon, broke by Rick Everett, the voice of the Valley editor, that the club. Uh, well, imminent takeover is in the uh, offing, according to uh, Rick Everett. He says uh, Charlton Athletic look to celebrate the uh, December twenty, the, uh, celebrate the twenty fifth anniversary of the historic return to the Valley in style by announcing a takeover and the end of Belgium uh, Roland Du Châtelet's three year, ten month ownership of the Valley within the next few days. So we're going to discuss that. I've just been on the phone to Rick. Uh, to, to get some more of that juicy info uh, so we're going to discuss that once we've got through that if there is any time left we will look back at Tuesday's draw with Oxford uh, a couple of other bits have come up and of course look ahead to Saturday's game uh, up at Bradford City we're going to hear it from Carl Robertson throughout the show but let's get straight into it really um, we were all having a quiet Thursday afternoon weren't we <laughs> thinking how are we going to feel this uh this uh, this hour this evening when it, it all flashes up there on Twitter, Rick Everett tweeting uh, exclusive Charlton takeover is on the way. Just going to read out uh, some extracts from his article that he posted, uh, the uh, posted on the Voice of the Valley online, which is votvonline.com. Uh, it says Voice of the Valley has been told by multiple independent and well placed. Uh, sources that due diligence on a potential sale has been taking place and today that a deal could uh, even go through before the end of next week. The front runners to take over the club remain the Australian Football Consortium whose interest was first disclosed by the Mail Online back in April with Voice of the Valley exclusively revealing the involvement of Australian businessman Andrew Muir uh, former owner of the Good Guys Retail chain has reported we understand the deal would now include the acquisition of Charlton Athletic Holdings Limited the entity that owns the Valley and Sparrows Lane as well as the football club itself suggestions to the contrary uh, were a source of concern to some fans following the initial report which was a while ago uh, says details remain sketchy in the timeline changeable but the deal has been brokered by the Everton director Keith Harris his involvement with uh, uh, was first reported at the beginning of April in Voice of the Valley 135, which headlined on the club being up for sale and was published prior to the Mail's revelations. Uh, we also understand that former chairman and current director Richard Murray has been keen to play a role in the new administration. So like I said, I've gone to the phone to Rick uh, just before the show. He's not gonna, he hasn't got uh, time to come on air, but uh, having spoken to him, he says he's uh, very confident 
that due diligence is taking place. Very confident. Uh, he said he has. He said he's reasonably confident. It's still the Australians, so that's who we're still expecting it to be. Uh, but he was more very confident about the due diligence taking place, which I guess is the most important thing. But that means that there is some sort of process coming through for the club to be to be taken over. He said he's also fairly confident uh, that he knows of Richard Murray's involvement somehow with the bid. He's not sure whether they approached him or he put himself forward to become part of of any new regime or anything like that so that's what we know what do you make of that uh it's exciting um it's not the first time we've heard this kind of thing um and obviously it's never really got anywhere any of the other times but because we're so desperate for it to happen obviously any little mention like that people get carried away and it seems like the sources that people have there seems to be a lot more weight behind this one than there has been with any of the others um I think the other positive is that at the moment behind all this we've got a good team doing quite well so we can you know we're not from that perspective we can kind of let them get on and play their game whilst all this goes on um yeah I'm trying not to get carried away because uh, as we say it's all rumors and it's come through sources but we haven't got anything concrete yet but it obviously would be amazing if it happens and as Rick suggests in line with the 25th anniversary of the back to the valley wouldn't that just be brilliant to to celebrate that with new ownership and see the club moving forward so yeah there's obviously a a long way to go before we can say any more than that um, in terms of what's actually happening but when I saw all the news come through today and us were all tweeting each other and stuff it was uh, very exciting Knife we've been here before haven't we we've been there's there's been these rumours before Um, I mean are are you getting the impression that this might be further than than before Um, yeah so I've been I get the impression that it's further along than before, um, but you know, due, due diligence fell as the bill, wasn't it, and stuff like that. So um, I'm not going to be a party pooper, but yeah, I'm you know I'm really delighted that news has come out. But I'm not going to. I'm in a positive frame of mind about the whole uh, team at the moment, so I don't want to get too overhyped with it and beat you sort of fall at the last hurdle sort of thing. But I mean, if the rumours are true, then it's great. I think it's also great if the rumours are true about the perch, the acquisition of the training ground and the, mm. the ground, which I think a lot of people probably would have been quite worried worried about. Um, there's obviously people taking assets away when they've sold the when they sold the club. So, it, it like like you said, it's all hearsay. Well, it's not hearsay. It's, you know, it's all rumours at the moment. It's not confirmed. But until it's official, um, I will sort of what's the word? You know, uh, not get too. You won't get your home stuff. Yeah, exactly. Reserved. Because you know, I don't want to get let down. I mean, Rick, Rick, Rick's piece said, and he mentioned on the phone, that he has more than one source on this. He has a lot of sources, and they're independent, and they don't speak to each other. So for that to happen, I mean, sometimes when, when you speak to people, you, you speak to someone who's also heard something from the same person that you've heard it from, and all of a sudden it's a rumour circle. But, you know, Rick, Rick's obviously done his, his double-checking on this one mm. uh, that, that, that I guess you'd hope would give us a bit more. I mean, he wouldn't, he, he wouldn't go with it unless, and, and the fact that someone's telling him it could be within the next... You know, week by the end of next week, that suggests to me that this has certainly got a lot further than before. That, but at the same time, that obviously, it could get to the stage where Ronan's all Ronan's got to do is put his signature on one thing, and he could change his mind. Yeah, and I think the the first point you make there is a good one. And Rick, he's obviously got his credibility to to uphold as well um, in terms of the voice of the valley. You know, he doesn't want to be breaking these stories if actually they're going to go nowhere. Because as I say, we've seen these rumours uh, start before and then nothing happened so he's going to want to fact check it and, and make sure he knows as much as he can before he puts that story out the fact he's still chosen to do it shows that it must have some legs um, 
as you say, it, until he puts his uh, puts pen to paper and, and signs that contract, nothing is done. Um, there's obviously every chance of it falling through, and Nafe's brought me back down to earth by not being as upbeat as, as I've been throughout today. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's very positive. The fact that it's still being talked about is obviously a good thing. Uh, and as Nafe does say, you know, we are very positive about the team, the manager, and everything at the moment. So if they can be left alone and left to get on with their job and this doesn't affect that which would be typical of this regime to finally decide to sell and that have a negative impact on the team provided that doesn't happen I think it's brilliant if that can just go on behind the scenes and get sorted it would just be yeah fantastic now the rumoured inclusion of Richard Murray in some role uh, you know in a new administration and that in, in some some eyes would see that as a a good thing, a continuation of someone who's been in the club for a long time. Other people will see it as a bad thing. You know, so he's, he's coming for some criticism, certainly uh, for you know working with with the current regime or for not perhaps speaking out against the current regime or being you know being seen to be on their side. And obviously the you know, but he, he did at the same time play a big part in our in our in the rise that, that a lot of us saw during our youth as well. So I mean, how, how do you think that? potential involvement will go down amongst the support base yeah I mean you know a couple of mates and that would text me um, when I was on the way here and I think a couple of them weren't you know would would, would hope that he went for you know like the reasons you just said that he maybe hasn't stuck up for himself a little bit more for the club a little more in, in recent times but um, without obviously knowing the full facts and stuff I can't really sort of have a decision but like you say, he he know he knows the club, and he did play a massive, massive role in obviously um, bringing us to where we were, and um, also to an extent where we are now. But yeah, I mean, and also he's got a he's got an interest in the club as well, which has been obviously been, been well documented. I don't know if it's accurate or not in terms of obviously the loan that he's provided. But yeah, I mean, to me, it, I wouldn't I wouldn't be fussed either way. I know it sounds sitting on the fence and no, that's not very but you know if he if he goes I wish him all the best because he was very unwell as well wasn't he but obviously he seems a bit better but yeah I mean I, I wouldn't be too plus I wear just I just like I've already said I don't want this to be too hyped up and then we do come crashing down to earth but like I said I hope it happens of course I do but I'm so positive about the team at the moment I just want to focus on that and let this run in the background and if anything happens or comes to fruition brilliant if it doesn't then it doesn't take an effect that much so what do we know about the Australian Football Consortium they had a website that when this interest was first revealed uh, sort of back in sort of around Easterish time mm. maybe slightly before um, uh, the, the, their website was discovered it was found uh, there was a, it changed after a while they changed a few choice words in it and made everyone think oh it's definitely aimed towards the fans of Charlton now, I've, I've gone back on that website now and you said you know, the Australian consortium has been established to acquire an underperforming English football club with a view to elevating it back to the Premier League uh, Blah 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 blah. Our goal is quite simple: to rebuild the club that we acquire, and over time attempt to evaluate, uh, elevate it to the Premier League. Of this, we are resolute. Winning is important to us. However, winning only occurs when a sporting organisation has the best people, processes, and governance in place. They talk about uh, in- incorporating the very best local Australian global uh, global sports leadership. Now, I mean that could be a link, a link perhaps to Andrew Muir, who's um, on the board of directors at Essendon Aussie Rules Football Club. Uh, so he would have some sort of experience in um, a sporting entity. Obviously, it's Aussie rules and not not proper football. But um, yeah, there's certainly some sort of uh, uh, link there. He says that AFC's 
uh, expert advisory team includes some of the most respected names in Australian sport. These experts have committed their time free of charge because they believe wholeheartedly in the v- validity of the project. We believe this is a good news story for Australia, the UK and all football lovers because you know with the right ownership and leadership it's possible to restore a winning culture to a club for the benefit of the fans and local community and to help grow support for the club further afield. So, you know, we, we, we saw this website at the time when, when, that, when those rumours first were sort of surfaced. Um, but they certainly say all the right things, don't they? Yeah, I think um, what you want, obviously as a Charlton fan, in an ideal world, you want a Charlton fan with a lot of money to come in and buy the club. If you can't get that, the next best thing is uh, someone coming in who, who understands the club, who takes the time to learn about the history, who understands what the fans want. You know, We know we're not going to win the Premier League in the next two years. We know where we sit within the football pyramid, but we also know what potential this, this club has. And what we've seen over the last three years uh, as a fan is an owner who's in this to make money, who has continually made mistakes in terms of what the club uh, and the fans want from the club, what the club represents, you know, the things like the great work that the trust do and all of that aspect of it is very important, you know, how important the Valley is, which, okay, they're doing a lot of stuff this year in terms of the anniversary, but there's been all the rumours about leaving the Valley in the past as well. And you want a new owner to come in and to understand all those things and to show that they're not going to mess with the things that matter to the fans because they're the people that are here throughout changes of ownership, throughout changes of managers and, and generations. So they're saying all the right things. If it is them that we're going to come in, um, how that works, obviously they are overseas. They're not here. They don't live and breathe it day to day. But will that change when they come in? We'd have to wait and see. But in terms of a strategy uh as an implementation strategy, it does sound like the sort of thing that you would want from an owner. So it's the thing I find it's quite simplistic. What mm. I think with foreign owners is I think they try and over overcomplicate the whole thing. Yeah. So they'll come in and they try and think it's that they're going to mold mold it into some sort of enterprise that they've done with all their other companies or whatever. Where I think if you go and buy a club, in my opinion, I think if you just let the football people do the football mm. decisions, so you let your your backroom staff, so you have your CEOs and experience of that, but you have all the people under them, from media all the way to marketing to human. Let the football, let them people know what they're doing. Let them do it, mm. and then it'll all come together. Is when they start picking and sticking their nose into things, it's, it's not that complicated in my opinion. But yeah, hope it's a, the sound bites sound great, but it's the it's when it comes into practice, mm. and if he if he gets the right people in, that's where we're gonna. Obviously, succeed. Yeah. I think. Yeah, they also talk about on their website heavily investing in the training facilities. Obviously, mm. we know that there's plans and and works in place here. They, they seem, seem to be dragging on a bit. Yeah. So, so you know that, that that could be picked up and would have to be picked up uh, by anyone who who took us over. They, they, they mentioned that they're going to be you know pumping in a lot of funds to to try and achieve their dreams. I mean, obviously, that's the dream you want to hear. You want to hear somebody's got a bit of money is going to try and do do the right things as well. And also, like I said, uh, Andrew Muir. Is the the man rumored to be you know heavily involved in this Australian consortium? If you go onto his website, it describes himself as a business leader, an entrepreneur, and a philanthropist. Uh, so <laughs> we don't know, you know, we don't know much about him. He used to either own or be the chairman of a good, the Good Guys Limited, which is some sort of Australian version of Argos by the looks of it. <laughs> you know, like a home base that sort of thing. Um, but like I say, it does have his sporting pedigree in terms of being on the board of Essendon Football Club, which is the the Aussie Rules Football Club. So that I mean, is, I mean, with, with knowing very little about him, admittedly, as we do, I mean, is he sounding like the sort of guy you want to get involved? 
Well, he sounds well, he sounds like he's have some sort of nous about, like you said, the sport sporting ent- enterprise or um, in his involvement in not American football, what's it, Australian Aussie rules? rules yeah. I don't think the rules will work over here, but um, <laughs> <laughs> it'd be funny if you turn up one down to try that. But yeah, no, he's got more of a connection in a way than possibly you know the current owners do. Um, is you know will he be able to tran- transfer those over to here? Who knows? But you, you're more likely going to have a better chance than that than say an electric, electrical company and a politician or whatever he does. But um, yeah, so it's it's, a, it's all a case of we we'll wait and see. But I just think you just be simplistic about it and just yeah, I don't really. But I, like you say, it's all rumours at the moment, so I don't. Wanna, I'm starting to get carried away, which I said to myself, I won't. But. <laughs> as, soon, as soon as it comes out, so I, was, I, spoke, I spoke to Rick on the phone, and he sounded fairly confident. Yeah. He's got his sources, which is you know, obviously he's got to protect his sources, which is why I didn't want to come on on mm. air. Um, someone else was trying to tell me something as well earlier, which sounded reasonably positive. But mm. you always get false rumours at this time as well. It's like it's um, you know, it's like a terrorist attack. Everyone, all the stories start coming out, and people panic and yeah. don't know what's going on, and so tell you the wrong thing. So it's hard to, but it does sound. Positive. Even Flaggy's getting involved. He, he, he's done a poll on Twitter. What's the best thing about Australia? Uh, giving us the Minogues, giving us neighbours, Fosters, or helping us to get Roland out. I mean, I'd say three out of four. The Fosters are a dreadful beer. It is terrible. Yeah, so, uh, I we don't mind it. It is. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's cheap, isn't it? That's yeah, why. Yeah, yeah that's, you're all over that, isn't it? <laughs> I don't like Cronenberg. That's <laughs> yeah. too poncy for me. <laughs> uh, is that the only cheap, choice you have? Cheap and cheerful. <laughs> cheap date. Right, so that is... The breaking news this evening, broken by Rick Everett of the Voice of the Valley fanzine. Uh, renewed uh, interest, potential imminent takeover here at the Valley. If you want to have your say on anything we've just discussed, by the way, here on Charlton Live, you can email us studio at charltonlive.co.uk. You can tweet us at Charlton Live. Uh, we're going to have a quick break and we'll be back in 30 seconds. So what we came here for, came here for love. I won't give, I won't give it up. This is what we came here for, we came here for love, I know it is, I know it's enough, this is what we came here for. superbly well to win it off of uh, Maloney, and now set up Ahern Grant on the left-hand side of the penalty area, Ahern Grant, little step over, ball back across, oh, behind everybody, it's going to be picked up by Forster Kasky on the other side of the penalty area, Forster Kasky, left foot shot, oh, what a goal, oh, what a finish, oh, oh, oh. What a belter from Jake Forster-Caskey to absolutely round off a glorious afternoon for the Addicts. Back to Chum and Live. Steal or no deal? It's the banker. The phone, the phone in the studio is flashing. It hasn't worked for, it hasn't worked for about three years. So if anyone's trying to ring me, I mean, drop me a DM on Twitter if you're trying to ring. If if, if that's you, um, uh, was it Andrew? What was his name? Andrew, Andrew Muir. Andrew Muir. If that's you ringing, I mean, drop to me a drop, he's bought the Yeah, club. I mean, I, I mean, we're more than willing to have you live on the show to announce that. You're gonna, have to, go, you're gonna have to come down. You, it, Drop me a DM and I'll DM you my mobile it's number and I'll hold it up DMs. to the microphone because I've done that before. Uh, and Alex Rogan says, Roland, you know, I wonder if that was Alex trying to ring. He says, uh, Roland has shown no passion or pride throughout his time at Charlton. <laughs> Sue says it's John West. Uh, if the rumours are true, throw another shrimp on the Barbie. Right, um, let's have a look back. I mean, I mean, like I say, I mean, that, that's potentially very exciting news. 
uh, and we'd love for it to turn well you know I mean at the same time the only thing we can say is it could be a a step into the dark. I mean, I mean, mm. with any takeover these days, you don't really know what you're getting. Like, so in, as you said, Nathan, unless it's a Charlton fan with loads of money, we know he's going to do his best. So there's always going to be now a little bit of trepidation about someone we don't really know. I guess that's that's fair to say. Yeah, you always kind of think better the devil you know, but at the same time, this devil has been has been so bad at times during the ownership that you think we take anything else, and that's why I kind of go back to the fact, and Nathan referenced it as well. The team are doing well at the moment. The manager we like, the players we like, we seem to be doing all right. And if uh, if a new owner comes in and kind of messes with any of that, then that's obviously an issue. Having said that, when you look at the the time that Roland's been in charge as a whole, you have to say that we would take anything else. Um, it, I would struggle to see how the new ownership would would do worse. Obviously, if they come in and they do the classic, we want a new manager. You know, they sell Ricky and. I don't know, Tariq and Josh and get some quick profit from some of those players. Obviously, then we're going, right, this is even worse than it was. But yeah, That would be literally exactly the same as it was. Yeah, 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 true. Yeah, it would be the same as it was three years ago. So, And based on the way that they've they've worded their website and, and what we're hearing, it doesn't seem to be the case. You know, they want to invest in, in the team and mm. get us back to the Premier League. So, obviously, as I say, better the devil you know is, a, is an expression with, with some... Uh, merit behind it but I think a lot of us would just we'd take anybody else right now Excellent right uh, there was a game on Tuesday night which we need to discuss Oh yeah. Uh, one all draw with Oxford United away at the Cassam Stadium here are the highlights Nebisar's gone forward, as has Patrick Bauer. Oxford United with everybody behind the ball as Ricky Holmes chips it into the box. Nebisar's there with a head on, just over the bar. And the early chance for Charlton goes big. Interesting, Charlton half goes right to Chris Solly. Solly. He's got McGuinness breaking the offside trap and the ball down the line. Corner of the penalty area is now McGuinness. Snapshot across the box, oh, right behind Ricky Holmes. Almost underneath him, in fact, it goes to Cashy. Ben Reeves further out to his right, finds Solly on the overlap. Solly, ball, lovely ball into Tariq Foster in the penalty area. Goes back the other way, left to shot. Oh, and he should have picked out Josh McGuinness with a simple touch. Foster's just closed down the uh, uh, Ooh, clearance and he's Come in on. the box. Pass the keeper. There's 1 0. Tariq Fosu. He just can't stop, stop scoring goals. It was a hash clearance from Simon Eastwood that Tariq Fosu pounced on. He then went past the keeper. It almost took an age for him to actually bury it in the net, but bury it he did and Charlton had the lead. Oh, it looked as if Simon Eastwood was running in treacle there. I thought for all the world he was going to get there. He's hesitated, <laughs> he didn't get there, and, and again, maybe a bit of luck that the ball came back off Fosu and he went round him. And I was going to say, it wasn't, it wasn't an open goal, was it? Because there was a defender oh, on the line, but really, it would have been a, a, a crime if he hadn't finished that, and he does, and as you say, He's had a lot more difficult uh, goals to score this season and that one. Silver's on a run now. Henry's trying to catch him up. Goes left to Fossu. Steps inside Fossu. Right foot cross. Looking Great for ball. Holmes oh. on the far post. I thought McGuinness might get there first, but he let it go to Holmes, whose first time shot goes over the bar. And again, McGuinness is thinking a little touchback and I'm in. To the feet of Ruffles and Lucinho again. And Riccadino is more in field now. Finds Ledson behind him. Ledson switches across to the right and Henry. Henry. Ribeiro out there. Henry gets the ball into the box and needed Chris Holly there that way. Drops comfortably to Ribeiro, who side foots it into the right hand corner. A fortunate drop to his feet. 
and he just side-footed it in. And Oxford have got an equaliser, really against the run of play. It's probably their first real chance of the game. Yeah, frustrating, Matt. The initial ball in was, was a good one. Solly, all he could do was to put it back in that area, and it's a good volley into the bottom corner. But as you say, it's their first effort on goal, and, and Oxford are level, but you wouldn't say deservedly so. Ribeiro crosses it back in and bow with a little touch. It'll come out to... Oh, what a save that is! I don't know if it's a save or forced a casket from the Thunderer shot from... I think that was uh, Riccardinho. And it was... Uh, I don't know if it's a combination of uh, Amos's left hand and Forster Kasky's left foot to clear it away for Charlton. And there is the half-time whistle. It's a corner of the penalty area. Chip back in, takes a deflection. Headed away by Ledson. It'll drop to Ricky Holmes oh, and a shot! Oh, just over the bar! Absolute stunner from Ricky Holmes. <laughs> but just over the top. Again, and the ball forward has picked out McGuinness. McGuinness into the penalty area. He's got Massinho for company. Back across. Oh, Holmes with the shot. Oh. Blocked. And then the keeper can bounce on it before it runs to Reeves. Oh, lovely reverse ball back into the run of Ricky Holmes. Holmes with Clark on the overlap. Oh, oh, back on his left. Back in. Still Ricky Holmes has it. Now picks out Fossu. Fossu oh. trying to find the left-hand corner. Gets it all wrong and it's a goal kick. But Billy Clark was in acres of space well, on the right-hand side of Ricky Holmes, as Clark said, and it's found McGuinness, who picks out Clark again. Clark will find... Carlin, Carlin, Carlin. Thomas. Go on. Herngrot on the edge oh. of the box. Found by Holmes. There is the final whistle here at the Kassam Stadium. There we go. Thank you to Terry Smith and to Ollie Groom of the club for the commentary from the Kassam Stadium on uh, Tuesday evening. One all draw. Obviously, Tariq Fosu picked uh, puts her head around the 20 minute mark, and then they were equalising midway through that first half after Solly's headed in quite clear the box, and they fell right to this uh, that feather on it. Ribeiro, whatever his name was on his left, mm. it was a good finish. Um, I mean, you guys weren't there, but you followed from afar, and I mean, that's a decent point, really, on the road, is it? Definitely. Um, I listened to the game, uh, listened to the boys, and uh, enjoyed it. Then saw the highlights back, and it looked like an enjoyable game to be there as well. Plenty of chances for, I would have said, both teams. I think they said the goal was their first proper chance, and then in the second half, it looked like they had a few more. But um, yeah, we could have been two or three up. It's another one of those where, you know, we could have gone further ahead and, and weren't able to, but. Fosu getting yet another goal is obviously positive. Um, sounds like the back four on the whole had another good game. Uh, Oxford, as we said on Sunday show, a tough place to go this season. Um, the manager's done a lot of work there over the summer. So, yeah, we knew we were coming into two big games with them and then Bradford obviously coming up. And I think that's a good base to work from. It would be great if we then got three points at the weekend from these two games. But, um, yeah, obviously we'd have loved to win. But I think a draw there is a good point. I mean, you can't argue with the form that Tariq Fosu is in the moment. In his last four games, he's scored three times as many goals in the league as Palace have all season. He's got six in his last four, seven in the league altogether. I mean, he is on absolute flames at the moment, isn't he? Everything he touches, you think he's going to score. Yeah, he's... Um, I think... Uh, uh, first game of the season, yeah, I was very impressed with him, but I wouldn't have envisaged him uh, obviously doing what he's doing now. But, I mean, obviously, long may it continue because, obviously, he's got... Once Marshy's back and fit, he's going to be breathing down his neck but yeah he's absolutely yeah everything he seems to touch hasn't he scored first in every, the last four games or something is it well I think he's, he's scored all of our last five goals or something yeah. like that as well I need to work, I need to sit down and work that out so I looked, I looked at our little not to pick first well, goal right. yeah. it's only because I looked at our prediction spreadsheet basically I'm, I, ever since we ever since I picked him first goal scorer he scored first in five out of the six games <laughs> 
She's quite impressive. <laughs> we'll do it. If we'd done the first goal score, though, we'd blame Cashier score first. So it's just mm. always the way. But yeah, he's, a, he's on flight, like you say, he's on flames at the moment. Um, yeah. So uh, hopefully he can carry on. But yeah. Oxford, yeah, I would have taken a point before yeah, the game. But we're going to talk about the disappointment of those missed chances again mm. the, towards the end of that first half. I think Ricky Holmes had a volley that went over. Uh, we saw a few others in the second half decision making let us down a few times when we were going through. Uh, Ricky Holmes hit a volley very similar to his one at Walsall that, that went just over that would have been a great goal again uh, and in the last minute Ahern Grant who'd come off the bench I mean that absolutely fluffed these lines unfortunately mm. um, when, when he was slipped through as well um, but I say you know the, at your back of your mind even though the team is scoring I, I, I was trying to work out but off the top of my head I think there's only three games we haven't scored in this season for a team that is scoring quite a lot of goals we do seem to miss a hell of a lot of chances as well yeah we do and I think that's that's the result of only having Probably what we'd call one recognised, proven goal scorer uh, in terms of a striker. Ricky, obviously, whilst he can bang him in from 30 yards, if that's the way he's going to get his goals, he is going to miss some. Um, Fossu, luckily, doing very well. And then the likes of Clark and Reeves, you know, haven't quite been as consistent. Same with Forster Kasky and Bauer getting a couple at the start. So we've got goals coming from everywhere, but, you know, they're not, you know, you can't expect Bauer to be getting a goal a game kind of thing. So. We are going to have ups and downs, obviously. Um, I think one of the things that Terry, I think, mentioned on Sunday is playing the likes of Oxford and Bradford, those teams are going to come at us um, and that obviously leaves spaces and you could see that because we created so many chances. We do need to work on finishing, particularly as we seem to concede most games. Um, But, yeah, as Nave said, he he, uh, would have taken a point before the game and, and I would have as well and it is a good result. But, yeah, just disappointing when you go ahead, obviously, to then get pegged back and from a not a defensive error, but just a bit of sloppy play, really, not to close down. Um, so that's frustrating. But, um, yeah, I suppose the good thing is we are scoring goals because last couple of years we've struggled to even do that. Yeah, because I mentioned the um, <coughs> the miss from Ahern Grant now. I mean, he's a player who, who we desperately needs a goal now, isn't he? Because mm. when, when, when he's coming on, he doesn't really look like he's going to score. I mean, he had a decent... He, he played. He started the game up at Oldham a few weeks ago when we won 4-3, and I thought he actually started quite well. He had to go off early in the second half for an injury. Uh, had a couple of chances in that game, but it's just I don't know. Just as he comes back, you just when you know when that ball went wide to him, I just did, I did, I wouldn't have put my house on him scoring. To be fair, <laughs> whereas if it was Holmes or even Reeves or someone like that, you you would have. And so he, he desperately mm. needs a goal just to get up and running now, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. And it, it, Carlin, he's he's got a bit of a dilemma, I think, because I don't think he's good enough at this level, but he's too good for under twenty three. So we were talking about Josh the other day, Josh Umar. And I think that's what Carlin needs. Carlin needs a, a good season out, playing week in, week out, to because he's. I don't think he's ready yet. But we, like Tom just said, we've only got um, McGuinness and Do- Dodo. Or Dodo. So it's. it's, it's We're it's not saying much of Dodo at all. No, that's what I, mean. I mean, I mean, he's he's not come on yeah. at all. Yeah, Cole, Cole's made it clear that you know he's he's just got to keep working hard, whether it's his tactic, his movement, or is he, you know, obviously we can see he's got pace. But is it his move? Is it his intelligence? I don't know. But obviously, Carl's not doesn't think he's deserved to play. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? 
For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's all some minutes, yeah, apart from that game you scored. Yeah, Connor tweeted in. Connor Potter says, Nabi Sar was man of the match. Mm. What a change we've seen from him. The point away from Oxford is a good result. And I certainly agree about it being a good result. I agree, he played very well on, uh, on Tuesday as well. Now, this is where, where I differ from some people. Uh, and uh, uh, when, when he does all these skills, I mean, I hate seeing his defender. It doesn't matter if it's Navi. I just mean see a defender chucking out the the uh, the turns. I mean, in fairness, he pulled it off every time, and he did actually play us out of trouble. But just me, just being the nervous wreck I am, whenever I see that, I feel, oh god, no! But he, he did pull it off, and fair play to him for for trying it and and, and pulling it off. Um, I mean, in, in terms of in, of a, a remarkable improvement from a player. I mean, I, I can't remember seeing a player. Apart from maybe Laurie, Laurie Wilson, who turned out to be all right after previously being not all right. Um, I mean, it, I mean, yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, something like that. So, I mean, this this is an even bigger transformation, isn't it? Yeah, I think he's had more barriers to overcome as well. As we said on Sunday show, he's been um, kind of held up as this beacon of of what Roland did. Um, he came in as this big money signing. He was for want of a better word a complete failure really when he came in he made a couple of appearances and that was it we didn't want to see him again um, and yeah to come through all that uh, to come and still a very young player um, obviously not been not played a lot of football in England um, come over and for this year obviously Carl prides himself in how he deals with younger players um, kind of mentors them if you like and I don't know how much involvement Carl has had but something has just transformed him his head seems better as you say he's still kind of playing that same way playing freely and with a bit of flair but he's just got bags more confidence and seems to be pulling it off so yeah it's brilliant it's uh, another option and it's great that he's been able to come in when Pierce has been injured um, and yeah well, I just hope it continues hope it's not just a flash in the pan because if he can continue to win fans around and I'm sure there's some people who are not only a bit nervous about him but still a bit wary because he still did cost a lot of money and he's a long way off justifying his price tag but he's doing very very well at the moment and I'm obviously pleased to see that yeah, good evening to Ray by the way he's actually listening live for a change normally he listens while he's out walking the dogs uh, on the podcast so good to have you uh, this evening I hope you're well uh, right let's hear from uh, Carl Robinson after that game at Oxford he had a chat with Terry Smith uh, here on uh, Channel Live Carl Emotions after frustrated. a frustrated, yeah, oh, no, we'll absolutely frustrated, especially in the first half. How many yeah, times? meekly one off the line, second half. Um, that's not taken on the way. Probably one of the best games I've watched all season. I've watched on the eye, that was as pleasing as you get. They're an outstanding team for this level, very good manager, great staff. I thought we were the better team. They might say different, but we had six or seven really good chances. I'm talking chances that we normally take. Today we looked as fluent and as and as classy and as strong as I've seen us look all season. Um, against one of the best teams away from home. So if I could swear, well, I'm just, I've got so much stuff I want to get out because it's frustrating for me. I'm so proud of my player tonight. I really am. And um, we, we, Naby came in for Es, a little tactical switching, but we felt we thought it worked. Um, Reevesy 
playing on the right. I know he's a 10, but he still needs to get his fitness levels up. He looked dominant and he, he didn't give the ball away much. He kept the ball for us. Then Billy comes on and makes a difference. Marsh is going to get himself back fit hopefully shortly. Carlin could have scored at the end. So we're, we're, we're really pleased with, with our whole team performance today. To, to prefer what we've done on Saturday. And we come here today and he's a good team and perform at the levels. I'm really proud of the team and the fans who turned up again. Thank you for your support. Well, that's all we could hear was our fans, not theirs, which is pleasing. And uh, lots of moments um, in the game where it seemed just like the wrong choice was made. Just at the, uh, just yeah. at the final minute, to let, um, yeah, we, we could instead have, of going we, right, we, yeah, shirt, we, we, we could have made the game a lot easier for ourselves. But when, when human error takes over, I, I don't become critical. Um, when a choice of a work ethic takes over, I'm ruthless. Um, and just just switches off in one or two things in the final third I can't ask any more from them I really can't proud of them tonight I really am and you must be pleased we've mentioned it before obviously with uh, Jason Pierce being out you, you still managed to shuffle your back four out and, 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 well, and they played arguably well. I thought Edge was one of our best players on Saturday um, he, he got a little tightness in his groin after we played Fleetwood the other week uh, he went away with England with it and he, he, they, they, they flagged it up to us um, and then he comes back he plays 90 minutes on the Tuesday um, and he plays 90 minutes on the Saturday and to go again the following Tuesday we felt it was a risk that wasn't worth taking and off the back of Naby's performance at Fleetwood I think everyone's seen he's a different man he's a completely different man and people have given him a chance and, he, and he's really performed really well but uh, with Reeves coming in for Billy Clark and, and resting Esri uh, it gives you options now going forward to Saturday yeah, as well yeah I'm still like that with Marsh whether he's going to be available or not we'll wait and see I know exactly what my team is on Saturday tonight was never going to when you play when my team play well when our team, my team when our team play well I can I can think ahead and I can I can tactically make one or two switches we know who is hitting the wall at the moment I know who's hitting the wall um, and I need to give them a break um, because there's certain players here that have been away I've played football right the way through the summer um, and not had a break whatsoever in young Jay De Silva we're going to have to get him a break very shortly because he's looking a little bit fatigued from where he was at the beginning of the season so there's one or two of them with the young players you can see that um, even Big Josh who's been away with Northern Ireland the way we've had the break you can see the likes of Jay and Ezu sorry um, Josh and, and Ezu come back and they've played a lot of football and not had that break that we've had but I thought the players today were it's a good performance we're going to see here. I think you know, not many teams will do that in the, with that style. Johnny Jackson is Shout and lie. So, yeah, that was Carl Robinson after Tuesday's one all draw uh, away at Oxford United. Uh, reasonably happy, I think, with the performance. Uh, we said he's frustrated. He's very frustrated when he came out. Uh, and he certainly, he certainly seemed it because I, I just think he felt, you know, those chances we, we, we could have had. We could have had those those three points. And I guess it's not the first time we've said that this season, but it is a positive result, uh, in my opinion. We had an email in, actually, from uh, Samuel Spong, who's known as Charles Soul, on Twitter. Now, this is, of course, relating to the rumours that have uh, uh, surfaced this afternoon 
uh, they take over as imminent according to Rick Everett the voice of the Valley fanzine editor uh, and so this email Samuel Spong on the subject says uh, Ronan signed new players this season because he knew as long as we were there and thereabouts he could brand us with championship potential in negotiations and demand more he signed good players on a free and could offer decent contracts because he would not have to maintain them once he leaves he oversaw the most painful period for the club uh, that the club has experienced in 20 years and no fifth in league one has nothing has done nothing to change that i don't just want him out of Charlton. I want him out of football and all Charlton fans have a duty to support the next club he goes to and destroys. We've almost we almost have our club back and everyone who played a part should be bursting with pride. It was the wrong club with the wrong fans. Uh Sassel and Samuel Spong. That's an interesting theory about perhaps he he felt he could he could sign players on longer contracts because I mean do you, do you think that's a possibility that he's done that? Do you think he plans that far ahead? I'd, um, I'm not sure. It's an interesting theory. I'm, I'm not sure that it, it that it is the case, but I don't think we're ever really going to know. I think he's right about the fact that he messed with the wrong club. You know, if this does all go through, and you know, I don't, I don't obviously know how much the fans played a part. But when you look at all of the work that went in, you know, card spell out in black and white, the protests, how much media coverage the club got as a result of work of many of the fans. Um, you know, I think it's been a, a big movement. Um, I think we'll have, as he says, we'll have got our club back uh, to a certain extent. Um, so I don't think that can be underestimated. And I do think he's right. You know, it's not such a big issue to to us if he goes. But um, what he does next would be interesting. You know, would he go after another club and or would he completely admit defeat? Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure he did an interview in the Belgian press in the last few months, or saying he knew his time in football right. was sort of slowing down I mean he mm. did an interview a little while ago that listed the amount of weeks he thought he had till he died although it was in the hundreds or something but it was just a bizarre interview because uh, he obviously is getting on a bit mm. um, yeah I mean do you care I mean, do, do you still worry about supporting the likes of uh, was it Alcacorn and, and, the, mm. and the other the clubs in the other countries to, to help them get get rid of Roland if that do you think Card would help that or anything uh, like that I mean yeah I mean any club if, if they were if they didn't want an owner there, then they should be well entitled to speak up. Uh, whether or not Card will help others, I'm not sure. I, w- I, w- I wouldn't put it past them. I, I if um, if the takeover does go through next week, for example, as, as, as Rick has suggested, could be possible. What will your feelings be? I mean, will there, there will be, I guess, feelings of elation. Will there, there'll probably be people wanting to get together and have a beer and celebrate. But the same, like, as we sort of said earlier, that there should there will be a bit of trepidation because we, it will mm. be a step into the unknown again. And if we were. If we were rock bottom and we'd lost 10 in a row and then he went, you'd be like, right, fresh start. But we're doing quite well this year. And whilst I'm desperate for the takeover to happen, I don't want Roland at the club anymore. If this period of transition happens, how's that going to affect the players? How's that going to affect the manager? And what are these new owners going to be like? So you're right, there is going to be a period where it's a bit uncertain. I think obviously there'd be a few of us that would get together for one or two beers. Mm. Um, And obviously that first game with him gone would be a bit of a party it'd be interesting to see how many people immediately come back and what the, the crowd was like if we then continue to keep winning games then obviously you've got the end of what could be a very exciting season but mm. if things were to change as a result of it which obviously that could happen if the new owner decided to change things up or just if all the uncertainty affects the players then that could have an effect I mean like Nafe said earlier my main priority is that the team continue their good run of form and we continue to be up and around the top six places which we're showing at the moment um, if the takeover happens off the back of that and nothing changes then that's obviously brilliant 
Um, so yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. But I think immediate thoughts will be a lot of celebrations. Yeah, if, there, if anyone is planning on having a Roland's Gone drink, hit me up. I'm coming. Yeah, I'm coming to all of them. Do all of them. Yeah. I'll bring the tequila. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, right on. Uh, uh, just a quick shout out for the women's team. Ever since we've seen them oh. lose their only game of the season, <laughs> they've won twice since then. A three-two win over AFC Wimbledon, one of the cups on Saturday last-minute win, uh, and then last night they scraped played through again. Yeah, scraped through, scraped through into the second round of the Isthmian uh, Women's Cup against Tombridge Angels. They won twenty-two uh, 0 <laughs> So I'm not going to try and list all the goal scorers because I think even uh, Dave Brentley, the Chelten uh, Women's uh, media guy, has uh, lost count of who they were. So everyone's just guessing. Uh, right, um, the cup draw was on Monday evening. We've drawn, and finally, and actually, a fairly interesting draw. We've drawn uh, Toro City of the National League South. They're the uh, I don't think they're leading National League South. I checked the other day. I think they're third now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're on an, a really good run in that league. Obviously, this is their first ever time in the uh, FA Cup first round now, and they've personally have jumped the gun actually and told us when the game's going to be. Chelsea haven't announced it yet, but Chora have announced that the game's going to be on the fifth of November, which is a Sunday at two p.m. It's going to be. It's not going to be live on TV. Live, live. But what uh, the BBC have been doing over the last couple of years now is on the Sunday, they put five or six games on at the same time and show the goals as they go in on their final score service. So if you're not coming to the game, you will be able to see the goals along with goals from other games, but it won't be a full live game. But obviously, uh, interesting draw. I wanted to just grab the attention of uh, Carl Robinson for that one. So I asked him on Tuesday what he made of drawing uh, one of the smallest clubs left within the competition. Away from tonight, obviously the FA Cup draw yesterday against Troy City. Yeah. One, one of the biggest stories in the FA Cup this year. Looking forward to that game? Listen, it's the FA Cup. Um, listen, I grew up as a, as a very young fan of football and the FA Cup was the pinnacle of, of our game. It was the... Everyone recalls the the morning of the FA Cup and the lean into the early afternoon and then the game and then the, everything about it. It was different to anything else. Um, and sure, oh shit, it's, it's what, for them, it's probably the biggest draw. We, are, we were the biggest team in the at, I thought. Um, well, I'm biased. Um, so it's, it's pleasing for them. Um, we'll treat them with tremendous respect. Um, they're doing really well. I think someone said seven games without defeat up, to, up until up until now. So they're going to be full of confidence. But we'll expect to perform to the best of our ability. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll make a number of changes, but we'll, we'll be as strong as we possibly can. Um, we have a JPT, sorry, keeps up the Czech trade game on the Wednesday. So we have no recovery time really to the Saturday. And then we play again the Czech trade trophy on the Tuesday night at Portsmouth at home. Very weird, me and Jack were talking before. We play an under 23s team on the Wednesday, we play a non league team on the Saturday, and a league team on the Tuesday. And it's a, such a varied amount of games. And we're looking forward to Listen, congratulations to them. Um, but we've got a performance that we've got to put on ourselves, and we're looking forward to the challenge. So there we go, that's Carl Robinson looking ahead to the Truro uh, FA Cup game. It's going to be on Sunday, November the 5th, by, by the sounds of it. Um, got massive banana skin written all over it. Mm, yeah, it, glad it's not on telly, because I think then, you know, we've seen, was it Norfolk Victoria before? So, uh, yeah, the way we're playing at the moment, obviously we should go, well, even if we were playing badly, you'd argue we should go and win that game. Um, but, yeah, it would be it would be great if we could get to the third round and get a big tie um, you know I think I referenced at the weekend we did it with Fulham okay, maybe not the biggest tie in the world but we took 7,000 fans across London and had a great time there even though we got hammered and uh, it would be great to get there but we've got to get past them first and we, you know, we've got to show them respect because they've done well to get as far as they have and as you say in their league they're doing very very well but um, yeah so long as the cup run doesn't affect the uh, 
the league form and, and as I say in that league one title winning season it didn't it would be it would be great to get through a couple of rounds Right, um, so that's something to look forward to. Something else to look forward to, of course, the 25th anniversary of the return to the Valley is coming up. A couple of bits to look forward to on that front. The Child Athletic Museum, so on the actually on the 5th of December, so Tuesday, the, I think it's the Tuesday, the 5th of December, they're holding an event at the museum. Uh, I've, I haven't got all the details at the moment, but it's going to be, obviously, in, in the evening, there's going to be, hopefully, speakers, hopefully some sort of drinks and stuff. Uh, it sounds, I, I think I might try and come down to that because uh, I mean, if you haven't been, I haven't been to the Charlton Museum for a couple of years now, so I'm certain they would have had some more stuff in there since I last went. But it's absolutely bloody brilliant in there, it really is a, a, an, an amazing walkthrough of the history of the club. And of course, on the actual 25th anniversary, uh, depending on if they get guest speakers, and it's just going to be a, a good idea, it's, it's going to be great to be here at the Valley on that day. Uh, so for that, and then so obviously on then that Saturday, which I think is the ninth, we're then playing. Uh, Portsmouth in a mirror image of that game back to the Valley I think that's obviously been arranged uh, to mirror that but that's so that's and then on the day after the Sunday the 10th uh, and again further details will come up but it will be the back to the Valley dinner here at the Valley um, Charlton and I have already put their table up but I think uh, if you keep an eye on the uh, the Charlton Athletic Twitter and the, the Trust Twitters uh, how to book your table will become uh, apparent within the next few weeks so don't forget to uh, you know put those two or three events all in your diary uh, to celebrate the important return of the, of the club to the Valley. Now, uh, those of you who may have seen the back play, page lead for Charlton on uh, Tuesday's paper, the South London Press, or indeed you would have seen it online yesterday. Uh, on Saturday, after Saturday's game, well, I saw it when I was walking around on Saturday behind the, the West Ham before the game, uh, all of a sudden I saw Zaki, who I'd, I'd literally just been speaking to him from the Trust, uh, I was just, just chatting to him, and then I went to the reception and came back and he was walking along with Sam Allardyce. And I was, sort of, I was like, what the hell's going on here? So I asked him, and he said, oh, he's just turned up. Uh, turns out Sam's obviously quite good friends with Carl, they work together at Blackburn Rovers. Uh, so I asked, uh, I asked Carl after the win against Doncaster what, he, what Big Sam would have made of the performance, and he let it slip that he's going to ask him to come and do a little bit of work with Charlton. Your friend Sam Allardyce was here today, what yeah. did he make of your team's performance? Yeah, I'm sure he'll have a go at me. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, he's obviously he's, uh, he's someone who's done so much for me, and... Um, as a young boy coaching in the Premier League for for one of the best managers in the Premier League and one of, one of the ones who one of the biggest characters in the Premier League and uh, obviously going on to manage England I think it was a as a sheer I thought it was poor the way it was handled from that perspective personally um, I know how good he is I work with him every day at certain stages and it's just nice that he can come down here he's going to try and maybe do something with the back four for me hopefully I was trying to get into him today to see if he can come and do it uh, but it, it just, it's nice that he had the time he's, I think he's doing a, he's got a TV show tomorrow in London so rather go to a Premier League game he came down the valley to witness his, uh, get a win he's been three four times I'm not lost since he's come along <laughs> Um, so every week. <laughs> well, if he wants a first team coach's job, I'm sure we'll give him, we'll give him a desk. <laughs> um, so there we go. That's Carl chatting about um, Sam Allardyce. I mean, obviously there was a joke about offering him a first team coaching role, but um, I mean, we've seen it before. Carl's got certain people in. I think that's how Lee Bayou got his job in mm. the first place. Actually, coming in just to help midfield, or I think was it Robbie Fowler who came in? Robbie yeah, it was Fowler because because yeah. that was though. when he got kicked off the jump, and we weren't allowed to say he was here because that, <laughs> yeah. that way you'd know he was off the <laughs> Spoiler job. Spoiler alert! I'd like, yeah. be really fuming. <laughs> Um, so, so Sam Allardyce coming in to help the back four I mean I can't argue with that he knows how to set a defence up doesn't he old big Sam yeah no we take him out for a pint of wine after <laughs> pint a napkin of... over his head hey yeah no I think we've been speaking for ages saying we were like offensively but defensively we were even though recent times we've seen we've got a lot better but I can't see it being a bad thing if he's you know we all know what Sam's teams play like they're organised they're drilled 
and they obviously they defend and attack set pieces very well. So I think it'll be a good thing if we, even if we got him in for a couple of days. I don't know what his fee would be, but um, oh, I'm, I imagine these these sort of things I imagine happen in football a lot. Just sort of you know coming out mates, yeah, mates rates hundred quid or whatever, but. Yeah, no, I, I think it's a good thing if we can. Then we just have to get in Iniesta and Blimey. Who else? What other? Stri- we get some striking coaches in. Just have an all-star sort of backroom staff eventually. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think it's a good thing, definitely. Yeah, oh, it's, it's someone else, uh, another voice around. But um, yeah, it's always. I mean, Cole's obviously his own playing career never went beyond non-league. So I guess to have mentors like us of, of Big Sam and whoever else he's worked with and, and all these friends he has in football. It's never a bad thing to go out and do your research and speak to different people, is it? Yeah, definitely. In, in, in any other business, you would you would do something like that. You know, you'd use your networking connections and you'd bring in people who've got experience of your role to, to learn from them. Um, I don't think, it, you know, I don't know how much it, it happens. I remember Chris Powell in an interview talking about bumping into Sir Alex Ferguson at something and talking to him. So obviously managers meet and talk and stuff, but... Getting someone in with the experience of Big Sam, you know, the whole England debacle aside, you know, he's a very, very good manager and, and as Nafe says, knows how to set up a back four. So I don't see what harm can be can be brought by bringing him in and just seeing what he can do with the back four because as we've said earlier in the show, we, we do concede most games. So, yeah, let's see what he can do and uh, look forward to a clean sheet at the weekend now. Yeah, hopefully. We'll definitely go concede 10 now. <laughs> uh, right, let's uh, look ahead to that uh, game at Bradford City last season. Return to Carl Robinson, the ground where Carl Robinson had his first league game as Charlton manager. A 0-0 draw uh, last season where we hit the post, uh, hit the bar. I think we hit the uh, had the one cleared off the line as well. Within the space of 10 minutes under pressure in that second half, we were up there and uh, come away with a creditable uh, 0-0 draw after Patrick Bauer got sent off. Uh, later on, of course, Carl uh, previewed the game today with BBC Radio Kent's Tony Hutt. This is uh, Tony Hutt talking to Charlton manager Carl Robinson. Talking to Charlton manager Carl Robinson ahead of Saturday's trip to Bradford City. Carl, uh, Charlton's man of the moment is Tariq Forsu. Six goals in four games. What do you put this goal surge down to? Is it purely confidence? Well, just that the whole team's playing well. So if you look at the rest of our of our front four, that they've equally had the same chances in some ways. So just this these particular weeks, he fell to him, and he's he's a man in form. So no, as it was playing well, so chances are there to be created. I thought I think his goal on Tuesday. I don't think he would have scored that in a few years, a few maybe weeks or months ago, where he where he really pressed hard and high. Uh, put the opposition under pressure and was brave in that and his calmness to finish with a man who's in form. So, he, listen, he's, he's, a, he's a very good player. That's why we brought him to the football club. When he signed him from Reading, there was an outcry among their supporters mm. that he was allowed to leave. That must have been music to your ears. Um, no, I don't like causing trouble. Uh, but, listen, sometimes that, you, that people, like when we got Billy Clark, they were happy that he was coming. Um, I think he's equally proved to everyone here. So two completely different contrasting sort of report when we sign these players. Um, so that's not really something that I get too involved in. We bring players here because we, we know that they're good um, and they're, they're coming to play. Because some players don't suit styles um, and we have to... And this is what a DNA or a philosophy brings. You can recruit within that framework um, and that's important. And, and we knew they'd suit this style. We, we knew they would uh, they would fit in very, very easy. You left fellow promotion uh, contenders Oxford with a point on Tuesday and now you meet 
third from top, Bradford City on Saturday. Two big tests in five days for your squad. Yeah, we didn't get back to just after one o'clock in the morning on Tuesday, and then obviously traveling all the way up north tomorrow is a, is a big outlay. Ask for us, obviously Bradford played two home games in that same period of time. Um, and listen, I've got tremendous admiration for for Bradford and and the manager and what they've done. Um, to 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 get into the playoffs last year was incredible, and then to to still right from the beginning of the season to be in that competitive position that they're in, find themselves as is just to be commended about the manager and the players and, and all the backroom staff. So it's why it is one of the hardest games of the season. We know that. Uh, whenever you go up there, you know it's always going to be difficult. The last two times it was 0-0 and 1-1 uh, last season. So it just showed you how difficult them games really were. And, and to be honest, we, we didn't deserve really to get the, the points at, at our place. I thought we, we first off, they were they completely outplayed us. Um, so we, it's going to be a difficult one, but we're, we're, we're fully prepared. And we knew we, we had a break. So we've had a bit of a rest, so it's not like we're fatigued or tired, and uh, we're, we're ready for it. And the players feel in great condition this morning, um, which is a real positive for me. They've all come in and they've all the testing and all the scores are up um, on par with what they should be, um, and there's no one overly fatigued, which is which is tremendous. And I gather there'll be no return to his previous club for Mark Marshall. What's the latest on his injury situation? Yeah, it's kind of showed a little bit more than what we actually thought. Um, the so big one is maybe we don't think Ricky's going to make it either. Um, he got a kick on his on certain part of his body that were that were just we don't think he's going to make that another big loss to us. Um, but it's not one hundred percent out. Um, we'll have to wait and see. Um, we just he will travel um, because obviously we've got forty eight hours till the game. Um, but we'll see how it is when we get up there. So there we go. That's Carl Robinson speaking uh, to Tony about this Saturday's. Uh game up at Bradford City. Now, of course, we're thinking about uh, potential issues. I mean, in terms of the former Bradford men, sounds like obviously Marshall's still going to be out. Some, something's flared up again with his injury. Luckily, this man's going to be in. Uh, Billy Clark, that is, so to face his former side by the sounds of it. Now, the other one, Ricky Holmes. Is this a bit of mind games from Cole? Because we've had that so many times so far this season where he said, oh, someone's not going to be available, and they've turned up and played, haven't they? So is it mind games, or is it... He might actually be out this time because he played. He played for most of the game. I can't remember mm. if he played the full ninety on Tuesday, but he played. I can't remember him seeming to be injured. I uh, I hope it's mind games because it's probably the toughest test we'll have had this season. I think you would argue. Um, I mean, if you certainly Brad, up there, Bradford's home record. They've lost two out of the last thirty-seven league games at Valley Parade, okay. and six if you go up to fifty-three. I think it so is. I think so, that that kind of backs up yeah. my point. I think we need uh, as many of our best players out there as we can. Um, you know, the likes of Carlin, obviously, if Reeves, Clark and Fosu could all play, so we we do have options, but, you know, Fosu, OK, he's been brilliant this season, but over the last season and at, what, 10, 11 games, Ricky Holmes has just been our talisman, so mm. if he's missing, I think we're going to struggle, but, yeah, it's going to be a very tough game. If it is just mind games and, obviously, he plays, I think we're going to be a lot better for it. Um yeah, we'll see. Yeah, but I mean, I, I say Bradford have lost two out of their last thirty-seven home games. Those two have both come this season. Mm. They went completely unbeaten last season at home. Although I think there was 12, 12 draws within there or something like that, uh, and they didn't lose within the last seven or so of the season before. Um, I mean, you know, the way we've been playing recently. Uh, I mean, Forster Cassie, you'll see some quotes from him in the South London Press uh, tomorrow. But blimey, he, he, was, he, he was exuding confidence. He said, "You know, Charlton don't seem to." have to worry about anyone in this division we're one of the better teams on our day yeah no I agree in some sense I think we um, 
I think we said it loads of time last season that we just need a little bit of swagger and a little bit of arrogance in our play and I think we've got that this year um, if we take our chances there I mean like you they lost to Fleetwood at home the other week drew to Oldham they lost to Berry 3-1 so it looks as though they're Jekyll and Hyde side at the moment but they're still third so we'll see yeah. that start so I think it just depends on which one turns up I mean someone like Billy Clark in particular will have yeah. a point to prove because I mean when he came to us last season the Bradford fans were sort of taking a mick like they weren't yeah. that bothered at all they were worried when Mark Marshall left but obviously he's injured anyway but I think Clark's going to have a point to prove and he's been one of our best players so far this season yeah definitely and I think uh I mentioned it on Sunday show that I thought last weekend he didn't have the best game. Um, but yeah, overall this season he's been very, very good. So you're right, he's going to have a point to prove. I think I was doing a bit of research ahead of uh, the weekend and they seem to score quite early on in their last few games. I think between the first and something like the 17th minute or something, they've scored in the last four or five games. So mm. it's important that we are wary of that. Uh, whether we start quick ourselves and try and counter that and get the first goal or whether we kind of soak up that early pressure I don't know how Carl will choose to set up but I think we need to be wary of that because if they get a goal in front you know with that home record behind them with the you know a big crowd there behind them uh, it's going to be very difficult to come back from that but even if we were to just get a point there to come out of that and Oxford away with two points I'd be I'd be more than happy with that coming into the next few games obviously I'd love us to get a win there so so we'll see, but as I say, I think it's going to be one of the toughest challenges we've had so far. Fun bluff on the Charlton Live, uh, Charlton Live forum says, please can you say goodbye to Katrine on air for me? <laughs> uh, it might be slightly too early to, to start bidding anyone adieu, but we'll... Uh, we'll, we'll do when it. the time comes. When the time sure comes, when a time comes, I dare say there will be one. Uh, Nath, right, quickly, Cashy back, but you've gone for something slightly different this week because we failed everything we've tried <laughs> yeah, before. Yeah, it's absolute pants. So we'd, I'd... I'm just going to pick four randoms and then just put it to Paul. So we're, we're coming up. away from the scorecast bets because yeah. we just can't seem to do so, that. So I mean, this week it was put. It was a half-time Cholton, full-time draw. So and that's what they're yeah, so voting upon. Yeah, so it's fourteen to one. So it's about thirty-two quid if we win it. So um, yeah, so fingers crossed we'll actually yeah. make some money for. Well, no, because then we won't win the game. But no, I'd rather give money to the upbeats. There you go. There you go. Right. Uh, very quickly, your predictions. Two words, please. <laughs> Alright, so you did own two. Oh, you have one word each? Yeah. No, no, two words each. Oh, two yeah. words each? Yeah, two words right. uh, One free. Free one child, yeah? Yeah. Nice. Tom? Uh, two, two. Two, two. Desmond. Desmond. Yeah. Desmond, two, two, uh, up at Valley Parade on Saturday. Well, hopefully uh, it will be three points. That's what I'm hoping for. Um, and uh, we can get in, get back on the, the winning trail. Uh, cement our place in the playoffs. Right, it has been Channel Nard Big Match Preview. Uh, we brought to you, uh, well, we chatted about this evening's uh, breaking news from Rick Everett, the voice of the value that the club, uh, apparently a takeover, may well be imminent. Uh, and we'll find that out uh, in due course, hopefully. Right, Tom and Nathan, thanks for coming in this evening. Cheers, Cheers Sunday. I've been Louis Mendes. We'll be back on Sunday evening to look back at the game up at Bradford. Hopefully it is another three points for them Charlton boys. We'll see you later. <laughs> Chance of life. <laughs>